Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand, we had Abelauer in the house with Callum O'Donnell walking us through the line of incredible Speyside scotches. We tasted the 12, the 16, the 18, the Abunda, and the Cask Anaheim. No, Anaheim? No, Ana. Cask Anom. Had nothing to do with Anaheim. It was right there on the tip of my tongue. We hope you enjoy this podcast responsibly, which means do it at home, not while driving. So, um, first of all, first of all, from me, thank you so much for the invitation. Um, thanks for having me along. My name's Callum, as, as our lovely curator just said. Uh, I'm not quite the global brand ambassador. I'm the, oh. I am the brand ambassador though in California, so you're about there. California is the world, right? That is globally, right? I mean, more in or Los less. Los Angeles, at more least. More or less, yeah. more or less. So, um, yeah, my name's Callum O'Donnell. Um, I'm 26 years old. I'm from Scotland. Don't know if you can hear that. There was, a, there was another British accent. I did hear an English accent on the back wall, I think, around. Is there? Yeah, no? <laughs> no, no, that's, that's an American. Trying his best, trying his best. Trying his best, trying his best. There's been so many people in the last three weeks have said to me, are you, are you Irish? And I'm just like, no. And they're like, Australian. I'm like, oh. And eventually they get there. Eventually they get there. They get there. to they New just, Zealand? They just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just know not to say English. And I'm like, thankfully, thank you. But I did hear an English accent around, but you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome in Aberlour's Tastings. So, uh, you're more than welcome. Um, as, as, I say, as we've said, uh, we're going to be tasting five different expressions of Aberlour today. Um, we're going to start off with the 12. I'm going to work our way up the range, especially the age statements. Then we'll get to the non-age statements and we can have a little chat about each one. Um, what I want to do is I actually want to give a little bit of background about whiskey in general. I'm sure it's something that you all know. And then I'll talk a little bit about Aberlour, the, the whiskey itself. Um, 1495 is the first time that we see written mention of uh, Ushkavar, Aqua Vitae. Aqua Vitae, five points, if anyone can tell me what it means. Water of life. Okay, there was lots of five points. Just have points, everybody, have points. Gold stars all round. Um, yes, yeah, so water of life, aqua vitae, agua de vida, wherever you are from, uh, that is what the water of life was. And, and in Gaelic, or uh, Gaelic as the Irish call it, we pronounced it ushkava. Okay, ushkava. Over time, colloquialisms turned it into uh, ushke, and that became iski, and then iski became whiskey. Okay, nowadays we have uh, the very, very famous whiskey. I don't want to hear anything about if there's an E or no E, okay, we're drinking scotch tonight, so there's no E, okay? There's no E, uh, there's no E. But for future reference, for future reference, if the country you're talking about has an E in it, uh, generally the whiskey does as well. For example, Ireland has an E, America has an E, Japan does not, Canada does not, Scotland does not. That's, that's as if, if you can spell that is, you're, you're, you're safe. <laughs> If not, you might have a bit of trouble. You might have a bit of trouble, but we can talk about that later after a couple of whiskeys. So, like I said, uh, the first one is going to be number 12, okay? And uh, the 12-year-old. Now, all of our age statements tonight, ladies and gentlemen, with Aberlour are double cask matured. Double cask matured. What does that mean? That means that we're maturing the whiskey in two different types of cask. Specifically, specifically, the two types of cask we're talking about, ex-bourbon, ex-sherry, okay? Ex-bourbon being, everybody knows bourbon, right? Surely, come on, we're all here. 
yeah? And then X Sherry, which is a fortified wine, okay, from Europe, all right? Generally, ladies and gentlemen, when whiskey and Scotch whiskey is talking about X Sherry casks, they're usually European, okay? They're usually X European casks. In this case, however, in this whiskey's case, it's a Spanish Sherry, okay? And it's called Jerez Oloroso, okay? Oloroso Sherry. Now, olor, olor in Spanish, it's the smell or smell. Oloroso is something that has a strong smell, okay? That's one of the first things you'll see as we're starting to hand out the glasses now. That's one of the first things that you'll see on with this whiskey. It's got a deep color, deep, deep amber color, and the first thing that gets you is that sweetness on the nose, okay? Maybe a hint of spice as well. That sweet spice on the nose. Now, something that I love about the 12, it's very, very, very easy to start the night, okay? Very, very easy to start the night. I always recommend that you add a small drop or two of water to your whiskey, but please be my guest, drink it as you like. I'm not gonna force anybody to put water in it. It will drop the alcohol content down. It will open up some of those flavors inside, okay? So like I say, deep color, and that really does come from the sherry barrel, that, dark, that darker, darker amber. The nose, before we go there, go on. <laughs> Pedro uh, typically, well, Pedro, you guys already know, Pedro's not here right now. He's in Denver. He's, he's with us in spirit. He's, yeah, he's with us in spirit, absolutely, in multiple ways. Um, but he will be back next week. Uh, so you, this is the last time you'll have to see me kind of do this. <laughs> um, but... and, and, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Actually, this is an exclusive thing because this is the last time you'll see me as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hold eye contact, hold eye contact. Oh, yes. yeah, okay, we we go but we're we not going to cry, we're not going to cry. But yes, Pedro will be back next week. He's training our staff in Seven Grand right now in Denver. That's super, super exciting, but he will be back next week. But in Pedro's honor, go ahead and stick your nose in that glass and breathe in gently through your mouth. And spit out some food words. What are you guys getting on this? El oloroso, yeah. There are no wrong answers here. Everyone's palate is extremely different. Uh, our senses of smell is associated with our memory. Um, a lot of people don't know. Figs you're getting? Figs, okay. Apple. Apple. What color apple? Green. Green, okay. Vanilla, cashew, the vanilla's coming from that American oak for sure. Okay. Getting a little pistachio, a little raisin. Yeah, I can totally see that. Oh, wow, that's super nice. Super easy to drink. The way that coats the palate is, it's very, very smooth. I'm super excited that we actually get to go exponentially now, right? Yeah, this well, is really I mean, yeah, great. It's, it's going to get this, this is better and better, as, as you might say. Ah, what were you saying? Perfect, perfect, A licorice finish? Okay. What are you guys getting on the palate there? Gentlemen over there in the corner, what are you guys thinking of this? I see you've added a little bit of water, which is totally fine. How has it changed for you now? I haven't noticed the water quite much. <laughs> well, like I said, there's no wrong answers here. Everyone's palate is different, like I said. It's what you associate with it. There are no wrong answers. It can be a food word. It can be a memory. You can say it smells like my grandma's gym socks or something like that. Man, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you say, just say a flavor and I guarantee you, everyone will applaud. I guarantee you. <laughs> Go on. Caramel. Caramel! Wow, what a palate, ladies and gentlemen. Told you you had a good palate, man. That doesn't just happen by chance.
So with these, are you blending them after they, so they're separate separate ages in both of those barrels and then you guys blend them together or so what are you guys doing it? Well, that's a great question actually because what happens in a lot of Scotch whiskey is that we'll start the maturation process in one type of barrel, be it sherry, be it ex-bourbon, whatever it is. Um, and then you'll finish it in another barrel, okay? Cognac, uh, cherry barrel, or even a bourbon barrel, whatever it is. However, with uh, Aberlauer, with the double cask maturation, we're actually maturing in two different types at the same time. So for example, with this whiskey, with the 12 year old and the 16 and the 18, that minimum age requirement, uh, that minimum age statement is the amount of time that is spent in both barrels. So you'll have part of the whiskey in the ex-bourbon and you'll have part of it in the ex-sherry. And then what ends up happening after that, once, we, once we've aged them long enough and we find the whiskey has a good balance and it's reached the stage that we like, we'll marry them together, which is basically we balance the whiskies together, okay? And that's part of the master distiller's job. It's, uh, Graham Cruikshank, his name is, great guy. We're actually trying to bring him out, so maybe we'll, maybe oh my we'll, gosh, maybe we'll pop in with him. Yeah, that'd be great. And that, the room, you wouldn't be able to move in this room, Graham. No, it's ex I mean, it's exciting. It's very rare that we get master distillers or master blenders in here, so if that does end up happening, we'd definitely love to get you we'll back in We'll give him a here. call, yeah. personal, personal plane. <laughs> Do you guys have like a chopper on call or something? Because uh, we could call him now, I'm sure he'd be up. I mean, whiskey is extremely lucrative. We might be able to think something <laughs> up, yeah. So Graham's job basically is is that exact part. He obviously makes he assures the quality in each part of the process, even from right down to checking the barley, the grains, uh, all the way through. And then the most important part is that part where once we've matured the whiskey in the two different barrels, the two different barrel types, he has to bring them together. And can you talk a little bit about the water source and the barley and where you're sourcing it from? So, we, the barley is quite special with Aberlour. Nowadays, barley is actually sourced generally in Scotch whiskey barley, and most of the cereals are sourced from all over the UK, even into sometimes into Europe. However, with Aberlour, we have such a tradition in the distillery, and it goes back to 1879 when we founded the distillery. A guy called James Fleming was the founder. Um, the people that have worked in the distillery and the, the sort of help that's given on an entrepreneurial level locally has always been keeping the business in Aberlour. Now, all of all of the grain, today's day and today's day, all of the grain that we're sourcing in Aberlour Distillery is within 15 miles of the distillery. Mm -hmm. So that's quite rare uh, nowadays. Now, we don't have our own floor maltings. Mm -hmm. We have, um, a lot of people ask this question, do do we malt the barley in, in, in the distillery and do we turn it ourselves? Uh, I'm sure everybody's heard of, you know, the, 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 the yeah, monkey shoulder, the distillery men who were turning the barley. And the malted barley, but what we found was that after years and years and years of research, we developed a more consistent barley um, by getting it malted elsewhere by professionals. Now, uh, we have about 75 to 25% of Propino to Concerto, and that's the type of barley that we're using. Um, and that's something that obviously plays, plays, you know, plays a big role in the, in the taste of the spirit. How so? Well, so depending on what kind of barley you'll have, it'll give off different kind of chemicals and, for example, for the concerto, it's quite a sweeter taste, and that's something that Graham will do as well. So when we get all the barley in, we'll get all the barley into the distillery, Graham will actually taste some of the some of the malted barley, first, just yeah. because he needs to know, is it the right Absolutely. sweetness, is it the right texture, and then obviously it'll go to the, the mill, and then... How so often do you guys ever come upon a batch where it's just like, no? Well, I've never come upon that batch because I'm the random bastard. I just do this part, which is the hardest part, of course, as you can see. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm out in California. I'm sacrificing myself every day for you guys, okay? <laughs> I hope you guys know that. But um, you'd be surprised, actually, because 
Obviously, Scotch is such a massive uh, operation nowadays. You know, we're selling, you're talking about millions and millions and millions of um, cases every year across blends and, and, and single malts. Um, there are tons and tons and tons of barley are being, you know, malted every day. So there are a lot of batches that, that go awry, especially, and this is one of the reasons that we don't malt in the distillery, especially when you're malting, when you have a maltings floor. There's a lot more batches go awry of the of the grain because you can't really guarantee consistency of like of the variables, whether it be temperature, whether it be who's turning it, whether it be the temperature, of the water, the, all these kind of things. Uh, so that all plays in plays in. You have a question over here. Wait, hold on. Are you the English laddie? He's a Russian. Man. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was going to say there was an English. There was. I was. Come on, bring the questions. So um, this is forty. This, yeah, this is 40%. So I'll just, I'll give them all to you just now. We've got the 12 is 40% or 80 proof, as sometimes it's said in the States. 16 is 40% uh, uh, as well. The 18 is 43. The Abuna is 59.9 or 120, just under 120. And then we have the surprise that we have at the end, which is the Kaskanam. That's 48% or 96, pr uh, 96 proof. Well, so we there's we have water plays a massive part in in the whole of Scotch whiskey. Uh, the the specific spring that we use is the Birkin Bush. Okay, now there's a there's a huge mountain, well, a mountain, a big hill behind the distillery. It's called Ben Rinnis. Now Ben Rinnis, um, the history of Aberlour goes back almost 2,300 years. Uh, Ken and I were just talking about this when the the Druvids used to live in the wood of Aberlour. And they believed that the Birkenbush spring or the, the, the Birkenbush water had healing qualities to it and they actually worshipped the spring. Um, all the way up to today's day, all the way up to today's day, we're still using that spring water. Now, the distillery is built on the River Lower. So um, Aberlour, the, the actual word Aberlour means mouth of the chattering burn. Okay, a burn in Scot... Oh, sorry, pal. A burn in Scots is, uh, is a small river. Okay, and the Druids or the, the people that lived in Aberlour, um, this was something Ken and I were discussing as well, the, the people that lived in Aberlour, they believed that this, the, 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 the river, the burn, chattered or spoke to them. They believed that it spoke to them. We can't decide if it was because the Druids were magical or because they drank too much whiskey. We're yet to, we're getting to that, we're getting to that stage as we speak. Um, sometimes I hear it speak to me as well, so, but... The water obviously is a massive part, and the water that comes off the Birkenbush Spring is very, very soft, okay, which gives a rounded flavor to the distillate. That roundness, ladies and gents, um, is very, very important to the, the spirit, and uh, that's also helped by the size, the, the size and the shape of the stills. Now, I've spoke to a, a few people already tonight who have mentioned to me that they've been to the Aberlour Distillery. In the Aberlour Distillery, the stills are very, very short, and, but they're very, very wide-based. That also, to the roundness of the of the distillate. Okay. There was another question over there. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, can you talk about any, any specific cask preparation? So, well, for a, basically, we, I'm not actually allowed to speak about some of the cask preparations because it's very high, top secret. For example, we often get the question of uh, what, how many casks do we have of sherry maturing all at one time? Um, but for us, uh, the sherry oloroso is extremely important. And the Oloroso Sherry is probably the most important part to Aberlour. It's kind of the key part of Aberlour. Um, we have had, there's a specific house in the southwest of Spain that we have an excellent relationship with. And we'd actually allowed closed door access to their sherries. Now, what's been happening for so long, Aberlour has been with this uh, sherry house for about 35 years. We have such a good relationship with them that now we're actually starting to dictate how long they're maturing their sherries for. 
So that's the kind of stage it's got to, and that's the kind of relationship that we have with them. But regarding uh, actual specifics on that, they don't even tell me. So, I mean, the sherry specifically comes from this Oloroso house, which is a Spanish house, and then the bourbon is obviously from the, from the United States. Um, in, in, so the overarching company, Chivas Brothers, Chivas Brothers Limited, which is, that owns all the scotch, it owns some of the gins such as Beef Eater and Plymouth as well. Um, for example, the other scotches it owns are like, such as uh, Glenlivet, uh, Chivas Regal, Ballantines, Royal Salute, so some really fantastic scotches there. Uh, Chivas Brothers, it's said, owns about 6 million uh, casks. It has about 6 million casks maturing at any one time. And these are from all over. Uh, there's actually some experimentation going on at the moment with rum casks. Scots, a lot of Scotch companies are looking at rum casks. So a, a, even a part of our uh, cask um, inventory comes from the Caribbean. So what are we drinking here next? We're doing the 16, this is 16. year. And it's the same preparation, correct? It's just the long, it's just, Double okay, cask cool. Mature. So Stephanie, <laughs> ladies and gents, Stephanie actually mentioned something very important there that sometimes gets misconstrued with scotch. And that is that if you have a, a product such, a, such as Aberlour, for example, where the preparation method, double cast maturation in this, in this sense, is the same between the 12 and the 16, a lot of people think that what we do is that we have a set of barrels that we just set aside and we let, we, you know, we, after 12 years, we take some of them away, we marry them together. Then after 16 years, we take more of them away, marry those together. It's not quite that simple. Um, what happens is that every single time the master distiller has to go back to the whole inventory and make sure that he's getting the highest quality casks. Uh, because sometimes, even, even though we've been doing it for 500 years, 600 years, the Scots, um, probably even longer, there's still, still some batches of casks and still some maturations that go awry. You know, sometimes it's, whether it's, uh, it's poorly, poorly maintained or sometimes the wood just hasn't given the flavor that we're looking for. So every single time we're creating these expressions or replicating these expressions, the master distiller has to start with a kind of a control copy, if you like, and then he has to recreate that with the barrels that we've got. So um, that's, like I say, it's not quite as easy as just putting it in for another four years. It's not like you're cooking, you know? Every single one has its nuances, you know? So we have to change the proportions of batch. sherry and we have to change the proportions of the bourbon as we go. I personally, the 16 is like my, um, I have the benefit that I don't, I don't have to buy the 16. Uh, that's, that's another sacrifice that I make for you all. Um, but yeah, I know, I mean, move out to California. I was actually in the Caribbean for two years before this, but what can I say, you know? That was a real struggle, ladies and gentlemen. But um, no, but with the sixteen is my the sixteen is my go-to. It's my real go-to dram. I think it's it's one of these ones that's really really complete, really well rounded, and really well balanced. So, what kind of stills are you using? This is so these fairly... so they're basically a lot of the time they're called pot stills. You know, they get called pot stills, but actually in Aberlour we like to call them onion stills. Onion stills. Yeah, because they have <laughs> they have such a different shape, really. Um, so. For example, some of, the, some of the distilleries that people might know that are famous in Scotch, Glenlivet, you know, you have those Glenlivet, the huge, huge the very, very Lantern famous for being style, massive, yeah. massive, uh, massive stills. You might even know the Strathyla, the kind of short and, short and chunky ones that they've got. Strathyla's one of the oldest distilleries in the Highlands of Scotland, 1786 was founded. And they've always had that kind of, that, that fruity look to their distill, uh, to their stills. With Aberlour, ours are, Quite short, but the, the, the key to our stills is the, the sort of the width, if you like. And as I was saying to the gentleman over here, that's one of the keys in kind of giving that roundness to the flavor of the, of the spirit. This is just beautiful. It's like 
on the palate. It's like I'm getting like golden raisins yeah. and like. 16 special. Yeah. 16 special. And the texture is just so much more different. It's, I feel like the first one was a little bit drier, but this one actually, it does last a little bit longer. It's wet. It's wet. It's wet. It's wet. Yeah. It's wet. Cool. Can you talk about the, um, what is it? Let the deed show. So I was looking on your website and I saw these different numbered deeds. I think you have like 27 or something. And I found one really, really interesting. It says that you guys pour a bottle of the 12 year into the river at the beginning of a certain fishing season. Can you talk about the deeds that you got, that Abelauer believes in? So, um, yeah, we have we have the deeds so that we have, I, 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 please don't make me name all the deeds. No, That's, please don't, that but would be, just your favorite ones. So my favorite my favorite <laughs> deed is uh, deed number 12, which is, starts with sherry. Okay. So it's all about the sherry touch. Um, but the deeds, ladies and gentlemen, were something that James Fleming left in his journals. And these were, rules, if you like, to live by. Uh, there were rules to live by. And Let the Deed Show was something that constantly turned up in his journals. And Let the Deed Show was basically actions speak louder than words. Okay. Actions speak louder than words. So in the US and on the back of my business card, you'll actually see that um, we're, we're acting louder than words. That'll, that'll say that on the business card. And the idea is that we're trying to bring it to a more 21st century feel. But Let the Deed Show is, like I say, um, your actions speak louder than your words. James Fleming, uh, he created the distillery. And he, uh, the, the founder, he actually started as a farmer in, uh, in the 1800s, mid-1800s. And he was actually really ill. And he went to the doctor and the doctor was like, right, you're done, you're finished. You need to go and get a desk job somewhere. So poor James Fleming, um, he started working with grains, okay? He became a grain merchant. And he not only built a distillery, but he built a bridge across the, the lower. Um, and he also built um, the, one of the schools and the library, okay, which one now today is a, like a, a health clinic. Um, and James Fleming always lived by that, that he didn't, want to, he didn't want to take his riches to the grave with him. He wanted to help out the community. And that's also why that even today we still have men who have been working in the distillery for generations, okay? Um, that was all about looking after his town and looking after the community that looked after him. Can I get some 18 as well, please? Here you are. Oh, thank Not you. I to hand it to you. Does everyone have the 18 in their hand? Awesome. They always forget about me, eh? This one's it. Oh, whoa. What part of Scotland? What part of Scotland? Who asked that? Oh, hello. Uh, yes, so I am from a place called Dunfermline. Well, it's, it's out in the sticks. Basically, where I'm from, it's a wee town, a tiny, tiny little village outside of a town called Dunfermline. Now, in Scotland, the town of Dunfermline is actually quite big, and some people even call it a city. There's only 45,000 people live there. Um, so in the States, like, that's nothing, you know, that's absolutely nothing. I was in Silicon Valley the other day, and I was, like, passing these random towns that I'd never heard of, like, you know, Redwood City and Sunnyvale, and it's, like, population, 200,000. I'm like, what? The capital of Scotland has 500,000 people. So my, a little bit about my story. I, I was born in Dumfries, which is on the border with England. I moved to, my parents moved to Fife, where St. Andrews is, and all these beautiful places, Ely. And um, we lived in just outside of Dunfermline. I ended up moving to Edinburgh to study. I worked in a couple of bars, and then I spent a few summers up in Speyside, um, pretending to be a tour guide, just drinking a lot of whiskey and having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, but we don't talk about that. Um, sorry. Uh, I, I'm going to say yes, and we're going to applaud. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, 
William, William Wallace. William Wallace was seven feet tall. No, but um, <laughs> William Wallace was from. Uh, but yeah, he could kill him. He was about the hundreds. But no, um, he was from Lanarkshire. He was from Lanarkshire, which is about 45 minutes away from me. Um, so not far at all. In American terms, that's really close. I mean, that's a stone's throw for you guys. People are like, oh, 45 minutes in the car, that's a laugh. But for us back home, yeah, yeah. Half a mile as, as traffic goes here. Sometimes. All right, so now that we all have the 18, go ahead and stick your nose in that glass and breathe them gently through your mouth. What are you guys getting here? Chocolate-covered cherries, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely getting those like little chocolates, chocolates you get on the holidays with the liquor inside of them, it's for really sure. Chocolate. Yeah. Really chocolate. Maraschino. Christmas time. That's great. It's about a memory, for sure. What about you, Shane? What are you getting over there? I mean, I'm gonna be honest. It's hard to get past the chocolate-covered cherries. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's hard. The power of that, suggestion is real. That always happens. Someone says something good, and you're like, "Yep, that's it." That is it. Well, go ahead and taste it and see if that that changes for you. That's it. All right, that's done. Everyone, it's chocolate-covered cherries. Uh, that's a new name for it. <laughs> There's nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just chuck those in there, you know. It's crazy. You said, what was the ABV on this? is 43. 43. You know, it's crazy because on the nose, it smells a little bit, it's more astringent. But yeah. it's actually the smoothest out of the three that I've been tasting. Yeah, I think, um, so ladies and gents, that's, that's actually a really good point that Stephanie makes. And it's something that I think that people find, um, people find curious about Aberlauer in general. So after the 18, we're going to move to a cast strength whiskey. And I just want you to remember that in your head that while it might smell a little bit more, it might smell quite powerful and quite potent and astringent, when... With Aberlour, one of the curious things is that even though it's going up quite a lot in ABV and going up quite a lot in strength, it's still a really, really smooth taste. And that's a credit to, as I was speaking to the gentleman earlier, that's a credit to the cask, the, the sherry cask, and that rounded spirit that we're getting from, not only from the water, but from those onion stills. Yeah. Yeah, so the first, the three age statements, in fact, all the sherry casks that we're using are all Oloroso uh, casks, all uh, sherry all. All are also sherry. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we use it all the way through. So that's it's kind of like a consistency of flavor, but at the same time, with the different proportions, you do get that kind of variation in flavor. You ever have like a bread pudding where they, some places will soak the raisins in their bread pudding in raisins, whiskey. Yeah. And most tend to go with bourbon, but some places will do it with scotch. And this is a really boozy cinnamon raisin bread pudding. Case. Yeah. So my my so my my chocolate covered cherries, if you like, for the 18 is raisins. It's raisins. raisins. I mean I, every time I every time I drink it, I get that sweetness of, of ray. I, I don't know, I love it. Yeah. And basically before I before I even kind of discovered that myself, someone had mentioned it to me and it was like you say the power of suggestion. And now I'm lost. I'm lost to the ether. All I think about is raisins. I'm like, oh God, here we go, it's a raisin drink. How much does a bottle of this 18 go for? So Ken, can you just confirm? Can we just, I'm just going to talk through the prices, but you can correct me, please. Uh, the prices. The so prices. 12, 12 is about 50, 50 bucks. Uh, around there, yeah, depending on where you go. So 12 is about 55. 55, 50. Um, okay. 16 is going to be about 69. Okay. 75. Same, Avalar is like five bucks more than that. Yeah, Abuna is about, the Abuna, so the next one we're going to try is about five bucks more. And then the 18, we're, we, we thought about 109, 110, right? 110. Delicious. This is a great Christmas gift for sure. 
for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas gift. This is a beautiful bottle as a Christmas gift. So, ladies and gents, sorry if I could have your attention for just a second. I, I really want to, um, I really want to talk about this bottle because this bottle for me uh, is really, really special. This was the. Uh, so when I first started drinking whiskey, uh, I'd never really. I was all on. I was all into the blends. I was into my bourbons. I was into my Irish whiskies. This, this, not this particular bottle, not this particular batch, but this, this expression of Aberlour was the first ever cast strength whiskey that I ever drank. Um, and I was kind of tainted after that because I thought that from then on, that all cast strength whiskies would be this smooth and this smooth. Um, the Abuna is non-chill filtered. The Abuna's the first one that we've drank tonight that's non-chill filtered, okay? Um, the 12, the 16, and the 18, they're all chill filtered, okay? They're all chill filtered. Now, with the Abuna, it's a non-statement and it's a filtered whiskey. Now, Ken actually told me a little tidbit earlier. Um, do you want to, would you like to explain a little bit, Ken? Uh, I mean, you can go into the mic. Uh, well, I don't know if I can say that into the mic. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> so wait, hold, it's, so. It's not proven. It's not proven. So the story uh, there's goes. There's really no way yeah. to find out if it's uh, a tall tale or uh, reality. Yeah. But uh, as the story goes, when Pernod Ricard bought the distillery and we were expanding the distillery, we uh, blew open one of the walls to put another still in, and inside the wall was a bottle of Abuna wrapped up in newspaper depicting the fire back in the 1800s. So supposedly, some, uh, some mason carpenter got really romantic, wrapped it up in newspaper, stuck it in there, never to be seen again until we blew the wall open, and then those carpenters basically drank most of it. <laughs> Being good Scotsmen, they, they yeah. started, you know, this was a death civil duty, duty, yeah. And a civil duty, and then uh, and then yeah. guilt like got back to them, and, and they uh, gave back about a fifth of the bottle to the That's master distiller, where the person carried it. Thus, uh, no age statement. So we we we've been we've been talking about this, and I I spoke to some of the the other people that work in Scotland. And they, were, they said that that's how the story goes, so we're not 100% sure. Uh, there is just another story that there was, a, there was a time capsule, and things like that. Um, but that's one of the legends that surrounds Abuna. Abuna uh, means of the, of the origin or the original. Um, and the idea behind that is that the Abuna's exclusively matured in sherry casks, okay? This Oloroso sherry, okay? It's exclusively matured. There's no bourbon influence there. And you'll get that on the nose specifically, all right? It's up, up there, 120 proof. And what's the proper way to pronounce this? I always Abuna. Abuna, Abuna. Abuna Matata. Abuna. Okay, that's easy. Abuna Matata. Okay, Abuna Matata. That. All right. I like that. What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of any worries when I'm smelling this. You're absolutely right. There are right. none. Wow, this is, I'm so, it's very, very wine forward. Natalie was saying earlier the mold wine, but it's so good. No, shh, please. So what was the variation in terms of ABV, batch to batch, or is it the same? Variation, there's variation. It's just what it comes out at. I mean, there's, we don't decide. There's no pre-decision there. It's what, what what does it come out of the battle? And we stay we stay true to that. That's that's it, you know, so. Oh, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so I actually got, I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I actually got, I got in a lot of trouble uh, for asking that same question to the guy that, the guy that runs the blending team and uh, the distilling team in Scotland. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and stick your nose in that glass, guys. What are you guys getting on this? So, 
So this is not water dumped from 77 to 59.9, this is straight out of the cask? Comes out of the cask, like that. So when we, um, when we get the, the new make spirit, when we get the new make spirit out of, uh, out of the stills, and we've, we've gone through the process, the whiskey making process, we get that new make spirit, it varies quite a lot in Aberlour between 64 and 72%, okay? And it depends who's running the still, it depends what time of year and stuff like that. Um, and that's why we get such a variation on Aberlour Abuna, okay, the Abuna, because obviously, depending on what it comes out of as a new make spirit, depending on what the strength is there, after you've put the, after you've put the spirit in, in barrels for years and years, it actually loses some ABV. So something that's quite curious is that here in the States, um, there are some bourbons, for example, that as they mature, even though they, even though they evaporate, they, there's some loss to the angel's share or the angel's take, as the Irish say, um, the, the alcohol content actually goes up in the States. Whereas in Scotland, it goes down. The alcohol content goes down. So not only do we lose spirit uh, as, as the years go by, it's about roughly 2%, that's the, that's the rule of thumb, but obviously it's not exact, but it's about roughly 2%. We lose uh, ABV as well, and that's a roughly about 2.53% per year. There's no age. There's no age statement. So I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't say it to you. I couldn't say it to you. Yes. I was actually waiting for that. I was waiting for, um, I was waiting for somebody to say that it was oily or buttery or full. Um, ladies and gents, this this whiskey is one. It's got one. It's got such a full and complete body. I mean, sometimes people who have never tried Scotch before, they they say they don't like Scotch. You give them a droplet of Abuna. And they say that it fills their mouth, you know? And that really comes, I, I believe that that, um, Ken and I were discussing this, I really believe that that comes from that non-chill filtering. So we don't, we don't chill filter this whiskey, ladies and gents. And, and I really believe, and there's, there's two sides of the argument. There's a lot of people that say that it has no effect, and there's people that say that it does have an effect. I believe that when we chill filter the whiskey, when the, all this chill filtration that we're doing, we're actually losing some of that essence. You know, you're getting it right out of the barrel here. And that's that mouthfeel, you know, that butteriness, that vel we In Aberlour, we like to talk about the velvety flavour. And that's it. It's got that kind of full body to it. But yeah, it's kind of buttery, oily, or, you know, velvety, yeah. yeah. So, what's your name? So, Shane, ladies and gents. Champagne Shane. Champagne Shane over here. Um... Shane asked a really, really good question, and, and it's, you know, how much variance have we had? So uh, we launched the Abuna in, in, I think it was either late 90s or the early 2000s, and we've been about between two and three batches a year, two and three batch numbers a year. Um, the, there's, the, no one has ever found, there are no batch one to five anymore. So if you do find batch one to five, please send it to me for psychological study and scientific. <laughs> I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna study it and make sure that, you know, um, I'm getting everything right and send it before I send it back to the distillery. But the the oldest one that we've the oldest one that we know and we we can find well there was a girl out in Australia she lives in Sydney and um, she found a bottle of uh, uh, batch six in an off like an, an like an off license there and they were selling it for eight hundred dollars US but that's Australian dollars I mean that's like what like I was gonna say that's like twelve dollars yeah and like and like eight pence in the UK so. Um, but I mean, these the the batch six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or six, seven, eight, nine, the single digit batches. You know, you could sell a bottle of that, even if it's a half a bottle. You could probably sell it for upwards of three, four hundred bucks. Um, now the variance, the variance, which was the the key part of the question, the variance, which is the key part of the question, was um, 
basically she she didn't get to try the six. She didn't get she didn't get to try the six year old. But it was a way higher ABV. It was up at sixty odd, sixty three percent, I think. Um, and she said that it was actually a lot lighter in colour, um, a lot lighter than the current uh, abunas that we've got. So there was obviously a taste difference there. Now I can't attest to say that I've tried the six and I've tried the sixty two. However, what I can say is that I tried the fifty uh, a couple of years ago, and the fifty was less sweet than the 62. It wasn't as smooth as this one. Um, the 62, and I tried the 57 about months, about a year ago, I tried the 57, and that was lovely as well. And it, was, it wasn't quite as smooth as the 62. I've actually been really, really impressed with this one. I think the, fifth, I think the 61 was 61.1%, and that was kind of getting to this level of, even though it's a cash strength, you can drink it really, really easily. Yeah, cool. Awesome, awesome, this is beautiful. All right, we have a Los Angeles premiere coming up right now. Hmm. What is the proper way to pronounce this? Because I'm gonna butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies and gents, ladies and gents, so this one's a bit of a surprise. This isn't, this isn't actually launched in the US yet. Um, this is Aberlour Cask Anam, okay? Cask Anam. Uh, it means rare cask in Gaelic, all right? Now, I, when, when, we're, when we're pouring it, when we're pouring it, you'll be able to see on the bottle, it says batch 0001. Yeah, yeah, all right, 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 all right. There you go. Now, we've only got one bottle, so. Now, now, I'm sorry to be not both the bearer of good news, but the harbinger of bad news. I'll be the bad cop. There's only one bottle of it, okay? God's so, sake, God. Stephanie, God. So, That's my fault. So, gents, ladies and gents, I'll, I'll explain a little bit about Cask and Am, and then when we're tasting it, I'll let Stephanie lead, and you guys can just enjoy it. I won't talk too much and annoy you all. No, we love it. So, so with the Cask and Am, um, with the range, the age range, ladies and gents, Graham uh, Cruikshank, the distiller, he says the age range is a, is a perfect... It's a perfect sherry whiskey. It's perfect ages through sherry, through sherry oloroso, that first fill oloroso sherry that we're using. Now, with the abuna, it's a sherry bomb. It's a sherry bomb. You know, it's an explosion of sherry in the mouth, okay? Um, hold on, that's my abuna as well, so I'm going to kind of compare. With the cascanam, with the cascanam, the cascanam's actually a triple cask maturation. Yes. What? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. So, so the, the cask and arms are triple cask maturation. We have uh, sherry first fill olorosos in there. We have ex-bourbon, okay, or two different types of ex-bourbon casks, okay? We, can't, we have the barrels, which are about 190 liters. Then we have hogsheads, which are 225s, okay? Obviously, the different surface area in the cask gives a different shape and flavor to the whiskey, all right? Now... Graham, Graham believes, and, and I actually agree with him, this one is uh, it's wonderful. It's, I can see people starting to nose it now, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Everyone's excited. So this one, this one is a, li a little bit more balanced towards the bourbon, and it's honestly like a cocktail. It's so, so, so well balanced. You've got that, those two different types of the bourbon cask, and then you've got the sherry. So you kind of get a best of both worlds. You've got that lightness, those fruits of the bourbon, and then you've got that deep, dark velvetiness of the sherry. Um, like I say, I won't speak too much on it. 
I'll no, you, we're still waiting for it to be passed around, so please. I'll let you take it away. In, in, in depth here. Like we say, like we say, uh, cask and am, rare cask, okay? So these are some of the rarest casks that we have in the collection. This is going to be a batch product. The, the second batch isn't out yet, obviously. We're going to be launching it next month, okay? Sometime around the middle of November. Yeah, we don't have an exact, well, we do have an exact date, but we're not obviously. And is this something that you'll continue to produce, or is this? This is a, this is a permanent addition to the, to the Aberlour Ridge. Beautiful, beautiful. Permanent addition to the Aberlour Ridge. And when it does reach uh, the market, Ken, how much was it, will it go for? 55. Uh, 55. 55, we'll go for around 55. So guys, on this one, on this one, just as we're kind of getting to the end now, um, Bear with this us. Is, <laughs> this is 48%, okay, this is a 48%, so kind of between what we started with the age statements and the Abuna, okay? I suggest, I, honestly, ladies and gents, I do not believe this needs water, okay? It's so, so smooth, it's so well-rounded, uh, but as always, it's personal taste, please dive in and do what you need to do. Go ahead and stick your nose in that glass and breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you guys getting on this? Fruitcake, caramel? Angel food cake. Angel food cake. I'm getting like marzipan, marzipan and marzipan and green grapes on this. If you have, if you have your abuna, go for the comparison as well. It really, yeah, if really you help. still have it, do it side by side. Take a taste of each. No, sir. <laughs> Champagne Shane, you're walking a thin line there, boy. <laughs> what do you think this was a? This isn't a champagne shower or an Abelard shower. Here, have mine. Abelard shower. Oh wow. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just liquid happiness. It is so good. I'm getting. It's almost. It's crazy. It's almost like sh sucking on sugar cane. You know. It's weird and a very. It's so fresh. It almost feels like it's. It feels like it's fresh pressed whiskey. Almost if that was a thing. You know. Did anyone um, <laughs> when they were younger? Did anyone eat those? Uh, did anyone eat those candied apples? Yeah. yeah. That red candied apple. That kind of. That, <laughs> that kind of sweetness from that, like, and the spice of that candied apple, that's kind of what Andrew, I get. what do you think about it? Uh, I get, like, uh, cantaloupe juice. Cantaloupe juice, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's just, the sweetness on it is, it's not, it's not necessarily, it's not artificial never, by any means, but it does, it does taste like fresh juice. It's crazy, dude. So, intense nuttiness, like almond skins. Almond skins? Like a vino sherry. Please, please. Right, guys, so everybody stand up. <clears throat> we'll do a wee toast, will we? Everybody knows Slancha, right? Slancha Va? Yeah, so I'm going to say a wee poem that I learned when I was a wee laddie, right? It's in Pure Scots, okay? Um, it's about these wee boys that are out on the street and they're having the best time of their lives, okay? There's an old lady, shouts at them, and then they say something to her in Scotch that kind of uh, that kind of shuts it up, all right? So raise a glass to this, okay? There was a ram in the street. There was a stushy and a stramash. The crabbit wifey up the stairs, she put up her windy sash. Now, what's a day, the wifey cried. Just tell me what's a day. A day is 24 hours, missus. Now, hudge your wished away. Slancha. Slancha. Cheers, Slancha. Cheers, boys. Oh, yeah, man. have a good one, lads. Take it easy, one step at a time. There you go. All the cliches. <laughs> Practice makes perfect, guys. Practice makes perfect. Good job.
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember. <laughs> <laughs>